following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 90, our special guest Steve Tupper has some great stories about motor gliders, flying upside down, and some special words about hurling. Coming up in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Zyko, Sean Moody, Eric Crump. Rick Felty and Carl Valeri. Welcome to this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast, where we talk about living to fly, loving to fly, and learning to fly. A little bit out of order there. I threw you off, but I actually am with somebody here that is truly a passionate aviator, an extraordinary person. But before we introduce that person to you, let's talk to our co-hosts who are here this evening. First, Rick Felty, welcome. Yo, hello, everybody. Glad to be here. <laughs> As usual. As usual. And uh, up from the, holding, the cold north where it snows. Yeah, holding down the fort here outside of Boston, waiting yeah. for snow this weekend. And uh, and another person who's uh, actually a little chilly, I think, in the in the Midwestern section of the country is uh, Sean Moody. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, you know, we should be a lot colder than we are. We've had a fantastic January. As we record this, it's, it's mid to late January right now. We've been in the 40s and 50s the past few days, so I will take every bit of that. I'm not complaining. And our next co-host is uh, Victoria Zyka, who's right near uh, AOPA, where we heard a lot of interviews uh, from them in the last episode at the U.S. Sport Aviation Expo. Welcome, Victoria. Woo-woo! You know, I thought I was awesome and passionate, and then I realized you weren't introducing me. Well, you are <laughs> awesome and passionate. <laughs> <laughs> it needs no introduction. Everybody there you go, there you, you go. Are the sassy redhead aviator that you are. She's, uh, you know, it's it's awesome. We were talking about uh, one of the photos you had on Facebook that, uh, very photogenic, and she has a wonderful book out. We'll, we'll mention that uh, later, later, Turbo the Flying Dog, Turbo. which, by the way, Turbo... <laughs> I took a, a turbo came flying with me to Puerto Rico. Yes, and, he did. And I didn't share that photo on Facebook. I just realized, so I'm going to have to put it out fail. there. It, that is a fail. And uh, he, he uh, turbo was standing, sitting there with me in the cockpit. Of course, prior to us taking off and pushing back from the gate in the sterile <laughs> cockpit, we were uh, we were just talking about turbo and reading the book together. And some of the kids came up to the flight deck and absolutely loved it. So if you want to get some information Aww. about it. Go to the uh, Stuck Mike Avcast. Click on Turbo the Flying Dog in the top right. Uh, I, you know what I need to do? I need to bring books with me so I can sell them. There you go. <laughs> You'd be the perfect salesman. Yes. You really would. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, you know what's funny? Because they actually, it, it, just looking at the picture of me, they, they come up to the cockpit and they say, Poppy, Poppy. You know, they, they think that I'm their, their grand father actually <laughs> and uh but I, I take it as a compliment and they'll they'll come in i'll let them sit down and take a look at the book and what's funny is, is that here i am showing him this cockpit that has all this really cool instrumentation and the kids looking at the book i like Aww. that says something right there so that's a testament to how much fun that book is and how well written and how well illustrated it is so i'd, I'd highly recommend it blushing 
Yes. Now entering cruise flight. But today we have with us not a, a normal format, but an interview, and that is actually with a private pilot, uh, or actually commercial pilot extraordinaire, and he's one of these amazing people who does just about everything in aviation, truly is passionate about flying, and that is Steve Tupper. Steve, welcome. You're very, very kind. Thank you so much. I, I, I don't know that that passion necessarily exceeds anybody else on on uh, on the show here, but I might be a little. I might have gone some places you haven't gone yet, but will. <laughs> That's good. And, and I want I want to talk you into sticking <laughs> your toes into places like these. This is awesome, and and you can easily do that, uh, Steve. You know, there's there's just about you've done just about everything in aviation, and and if you haven't, uh, one thing I, I love about Steve is that. He's going to try to do it. Um, hopefully successfully uh, he'll do that. But uh, And it might take a little longer than, than you expect, but he's going to get it done. Uh, I do know. He's like a bulldog. He, he's going to get that done. Uh, Steve, you know, one of the reasons we have you on today is uh, in the last episode we talked about gliding and, uh, and motor gliding. And one of the things that I've noticed in, in your Facebook, uh, in your Twitter, et cetera, is that you seem to really enjoy gliding. Why is that? Um, let's be perfectly honest. Um, the, the, the aircraft that I fly most of these days and, you know, like approaching a hundred hours a year is the mighty, mighty TG7A motor glider. Um, it's the uh, Schweitzer SGM 2-37. They were flown at the U.S. Air Force Academy between 1983 and 2003. And then uh, three of them came to the Tuskegee Airmen National Historical Museum, uh, which is where we fly them. Um, Frankly, the big appeal to me is, and, and by the way, let me just ex- explain them. They're yellow. They've got a 59 and a half foot wingspan. They're about eight feet tall at the tail. Um, they're a little shorter than they are wide, as you would expect with a glider. Um, firewall forward, it is a Piper Tomahawk. It's a, a 0235 L2C, develops 104, or 112 horsepower, um, six foot prop that you know, does not feather. It's just a regular, you know, it's like a Cessna 152 or a Piper Tomahawk firewall forward. And then behind, it's an all-metal Franken-glider. Uh, it's side-by-side. And the big thing for me is, you know, there are three of them, and these guys, you know, the guys in the museum go out and they fly them around in formation very close to each other and get to fly air shows. So that was my primary thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I fly them like airplanes, um, they are certified in the glider category. Um, I think it, you know, if you take the part 121 or part 23 application for type certificate, I think the only difference that a TG7A would have from uh, some of the other, I mean, the, the same airframe, virtually the same airframe is certificated elsewhere as an airplane. It only matters what box they, they check. I fly them like an airplane. It terrifies me to shut the engine off. Uh, I'm capable of doing it. I can do it safely. The whole idea of a prop stuck in the windshield just still scares the heck out of me. <laughs> so so that, this is a glider then? It, it is typed as a glider. Um, I also have an arrow. And by the way, when you get, when you add the, when you have a glider category on your certificate, um, you then need to have at least one of the three endorsements. Um, most glider pilots in the U.S. Are, have the aero toe endorsement, but there's also uh, ground launch, which is winch, 
uh, and then there's self-launch, which is like the TG7A or you know the in, in motor gliders. Um, so you've got to have one of those three. I have two of the three. I've got self-launch and aerotow, and I, I actually have no desire whatsoever to go up on a winch just because it it strikes me as a great way to bring gliders down. Let's attach a a high strength cable to the ground and the glider at the same time and hope they release when they're supposed to. I, I know it can be done safely, and it happens safely all the time. That's the primary launch method in Europe, from what I understand. But, um, yeah, the, my whole thing is the I get to fly these things around. They're fairly cheap. I'm a director at the museum. Um, I'm uh, a ground instructor, so I, I teach scholarship students with ground training. I give young eagles rides and stuff like that. But Here's some of the other cool stuff about a glider. You don't need a medical of any kind to fly a glider. Um, this is different from like wow. light sport, where you you've got to have you can't you got to you know if you got a driver's license and you've not been denied a medical, that's the light sport thing. Glider, no medical whatsoever. I'll, I'll be you, you could fly to. The airfield at which the AME has his or her offices, land, walk in, be denied a medical, walk back out, get in the aircraft, take off, and by the way, uh, there, there's Wavered Airspace and an air show at that same airport. You can walk out of the AME's office, climb in your aircraft, launch into the Wavered Airspace, fly knife edge in front of 20,000 people for money, and you still don't need a medical. Wow. That's now, amazing. I'm, nice. being, I'm being ridiculous. Yeah, but that explains it very nicely. It really <laughs> well, yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being ridiculous. There's still a requirement under, I think it's 6153, that um, you know, even if it's a medical certificate isn't required, you can't knowingly fly an aircraft with a condition that would jeopardize the safe conclusion of that flight. And I and every other glider pilot takes that very, very seriously. But, but you understand... There's, you know, there's a contingent of people that have sort of moved to the light sport because they don't think they're going to be able to renew a medical. They're just going to go fly in a driver's license somewhere. Um, glider, I can get, you know, the per, the performance is just as good as a Cessna 150, 152, Tomahawk, and whatnot in an aircraft that I never have to have a medical in. And in fact, I'm a commercial pilot, and I can fly that for money. With no medical. That is fascinating. But here's a question, though. How many of these are there out there? I mean, what if I want to go fly a motor glider, practically speaking? Yeah, it's, it's, you got to look a little harder. Um, the, the ones that we fly, there are only six flyable left in the world. We fly three of them. Um, we're working on acquiring a fourth. Um, although, Query the wisdom of doing that because the poor SOB on the inside of a turn is already like seven knots above a stall. And what are you going to do if you're flying fingertip and you try to turn in, you know, into the strong side? Anyway, um, it, it's you can go. As a matter of fact, I went down to Sporties um, at Claremont County Airport near Cleveland. Uh, I believe that's India Six Niner, and actually flew their Diamond Extreme. Um, just last month, that being December, um, as a part of the ongoing issues with trying to get my uh, CFI, getting, getting my instructor ride. Um, I've been ready for the CFI ride since November. Nobody in any FISDO in Michigan is qualified to give me the ride. So I'm trying to come up with 
alternate and backup strategies to try to get my check ride. And, and hopefully you'll get it done. I've been watching you online. It's uh, it, it's it's kind of a Cinderella story here, and I'm like I'm I'm rooting for you. That's for sure, Steve. I, I know well, you it's, can do. It's frustrating as hell. And I mean the the people at the East Michigan FISDO have been over backwards. They're really trying. Part of it's my fault. It's um, initial CFI, which by the way is usually handled by the FISDO, and you know they only hand that over to DPEs actually. FIEs, flight instructor examiners, um, with the greatest of wailing and gnashing of teeth. So they will do it, but they don't like to. Um, the, so it's a, it's a CFI. It's initial CFI. It's in the glider category, in self-launch, the least common of all of the endorsements, and in Michigan and in winter. I think that's like seven strikes against me. Um, so, so I'm – and I actually began um, on – uh, Martin Luther King's uh, birthday here on Monday. Um, I, don't, I don't mean to make your February podcast all that January centric, but um, the I always try to fly Civil Air Patrol or do something of a volunteer nature on that day. And actually went up in an, an ASK twenty one with the Civil Air Patrol to train. Uh, I, I might well end up doing this ride arrow toe. Now, bear in mind, I've only got twenty six arrow toes, including what I did Monday. But uh, we'll see how it works. Well, good luck to you on that. I, and I guess you have to bone up on the arrow toes then. Yeah, it's it's not it's not hard once you've done it. And frankly, yeah, I've only got twenty six arrow toes, but I've got a hundred hours in formation. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, really, the 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 toe is nothing more than enforced formation. Uh, it, it's very easy right. to fly exactly 200 feet in trail because <laughs> that's um, the, the problem comes when there's a dis, uh, disparity of airspeed and you end up with yeah. uh, that, that slack. slack line. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, before I, I got my private a long time before I, I said, oh, I think I'll go do this. And I'd ridden in a glider as a kid. So I went, oh, this is outside of Chicago. And I, and I took some lessons and, and all of it was just a blast. Um, but the challenging part for me was that toe up because of what you just said, which, and, it, and I didn't do it enough to really, to get proficient at it. But I, I do recall that just being, oh man, that slack, you know, it's like towing a car without a tow bar. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta keep that line taut. So, oh yeah, I you, get you it. do it. You do it with yaw. The oh, interesting. We had we we did three toes, and and I'm um if you're Civil Air Patrol, you're familiar with the the form five. That's the Stanival form that they use to check you out in a given aircraft, and the uh, uh they they just simply call it your form five. I'm form mm-hmm. five in two gliders. I'm working up to become form five in this. The the thing I hate most is that slack line. Yeah, because you you pull you, you you climb a little bit, you get a little bit above the tow plane off there to uh, one side or the other, yeah. and then dive, and you're actually gonna Damn. you know you yeah. begin overtaking, and all of a sudden you get this great big horizontal smile, yeah. um, that that then you got to take off, and and you do it with yaw, you you point the nose uh, away from that loop until it begins to come out, and then. Uh. Then you bring it. Yeah, I know. I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, but that's and a big, then, uh, like, I didn't even get that far with whoever was teaching me. That's very cool. That's a very, because you can make the adjustment gradually or somewhat gradually. You yaw away from the yeah. tow plane until it starts to come out. And, and then, then you time it. it. So you point the nose. So when it, when it, uh, when that slack comes out, you are pointed right at the tail right. of the aircraft. The, the better <laughs> to watch the tail of the aircraft come off. As you, <laughs> it's, yeah. or, or I'm every single toe. I'm shocked that the the, the toe the toe pilot survived. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool. It's a fair. I it's it's an underrated uh, uh, skill. Oh, I think yeah. the 
being towed up. Most definitely. The, 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 the big thing, I got no problem with the toe. The big, and I, and I, I can box the wake if I have to. Yeah. Not very good at it yet, but I'll get very good before the ride. Right. The thing that gets me is I don't yet have that ability. Just kind of look out the window at the airport and be able to say for certain, yes, I can. From where I am, I can get back to the airport at fifteen hundred feet AGL, enter the pattern, and right. put this thing where I'm I'm supposed to put it. Right. Yeah, that's obviously that's, that's, that's the whole game too, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just as a as a as probably the lowest time pilot here. That's the thing. I know I add power a lot coming in. I mean, I, I rely on there's an engine there, and I can goose it a little. And so mm-hmm. the, the the precision of that timing is is a beautiful thing, and you just got to work on it. And, and you'll obviously you'll you'll do great. But it's it's a fascinating thing, gliders. But the idea of a motor glider takes some of that out and adds other things. So, well, Very I get. Cool. There's, <laughs> I go to ICAST, the International Council of Air Shows. Um, I, I just went for my sixth time. I can sit in the confer- in, in the big exhibit hall with Sean Tucker, Greg Coons, the Thunderbirds, the Blue Angels, the Snowbirds, and everything, and there is never a disparaging word said. And these are like the best pilots on the face of the earth. Right. But out in the community of you know weekend warrior pilots um the the most hate i've ever gotten is from glider peer and i'm not by any means saying that they're all like this or even a majority are like this the most hate i've gotten is from these glider purists it's like that's not a real glider it's like okay okay but it's i was able to get here without having six people to help me commit aviation and i don't have to wear a floppy hat to do it and it's cool and right. it's yellow have you noticed that it's yellow <laughs> <laughs> you know you mentioned the cap can you actually do cap rides in this do you actually do cap like patrols or, or uh like you said a four and five <clears throat> yeah the there are certain circumstances where you can operate, for instance, a TG7A uh, for benefit of Civil Air Patrol or give orientation flights. Um, that is very uncommon, and I don't see us doing it anytime soon. Uh, the preferred aircraft for most CAP missions is a CA, uh, CAP corporate aircraft, um, which includes, I believe we have more than 550 um, single-engine piston aircraft the largest fleet in the world of pistons and singles and cap also has 46 gliders wow. so and, and none of them are are, are self-launched they're they're all like the the tg 10 bs from the academy um better known as the the l23 super blonic um the uh, ask 21 schleicher which is also the the tg 9a uh that we also flew at the academy i mean it, it's just it, it's it's really cool but the you know Civil Air Patrol cadets get up to six orientation flights, and I believe that's six power and six glider. So the I am the the, the proud father of a uh, of a Civil Air Patrol cadet. My my son Nicholas Callsign Fod is a uh, an Airman First Class in the CAP. He's already had I believe two glider and two powered O flights uh, in his in less than a year with uh, CAP. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I, what a great organization, by the way. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Love well, CAP. I, 
I might note that he showed up at the Owasso airport to uh, uh, present himself for his first orientation flight, leading a two-ship of TG-7As. So it's, <laughs> Who gets to it do was that? A, it was ever so slightly disingenuous, but okay, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, they, you know that, that again. Going back to CAP, wonderful, wonderful organization for for both uh, adults and also for uh, younger folks that are looking into getting into aviation, teaches you discipline, etc. But I tell you what, going back to the the fact that, uh, that you know, kind of I call them the glider snobs. I, I probably shouldn't call it, use that term. Uh, you know, when you're flying that airplane, a, a motor glider, whatever it may be. As a matter of fact, if you're flying a single engine aircraft. And you walk into a room of guys like me that fly heavy iron and and fly airliners, you know that they just are impressed by the fact that you'll get into an airplane that has a propeller and only one engine, and that <laughs> you actually have to use your rudder, and and they just think that's amazing. So you would you would get a lot of of respect, especially on the airline side of things, uh, which is fascinating. You know when you hear that if if you hear somebody who's who's flying a glider or or any small airplane, they're like, wow, you do that. You fly one of those? That's incredible. And you're sitting there next to a 25,000-hour pilot, and, and they're just fascinated to hear about, about uh, your trips and, and what you're doing and, and how do you actually slip those things in. And it's like, sure, yeah, we do that. Uh, so that, that you do get, would get a lot of respect there. Um, but, uh, you know, can, can you explain real quick to the folks in the audience uh, what CAP is, just a quick summary, because we've been talking about it, and I'm not sure uh, everybody knows what the Civil Air Patrol is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Civil Air Patrol is uh, was chartered December first of nineteen forty one, um, just a little before Pearl Harbor. Um, it, uh, it recent recipient of the Congressional Gold Medal for its service in World War II. CAP is the auxiliary of the U.S. Air Force. There are only two armed services that have auxiliaries. The Coast Guard is one. The Air Force is the other. Um, Civil Air Patrol is about 40,000, 45,000 all-volunteer personnel. Um, it has three missions. Uh, number one, the, the, the mission having to do with the red, white, and blue single-engine aircraft that you see out there flying lawnmower patterns uh, at 1,000 feet AGL. Um, Civil Air Patrol conducts about 95% or more of all Air Force supervised search and rescue operations in the uh, United States. Uh, so search and rescue is a big thing, disaster relief. Uh, we load up the aircraft with uh, penicillin diapers, tampons, and toilet paper, and we can get a GA-8 into a 1,500-foot strip when the main airport is closed down. Um, humanitarian disaster relief, the whole mess. That's the kind of stuff that we're most known for or that I'm the proudest of. Bear in mind, though, that I believe uh, aircrew-capable personnel are about the same in the Civil Air Patrol as they are in the Air Force, which is to say about 11 to 13 percent. So most of us don't fly, don't want to fly, or, or aren't qualified for aircrew. They do one of the other two missions. And actually, uh, the operational mission includes tromping through the bush and doing ground teams and uh, doing um, uh, radio direction finding, trying to find ELTs of, of downed aircraft. Um, the other two missions are aerospace education. We're the single biggest aerospace education organization. Uh, I think in the world, we provide uh, stuff to schools, uh, conduct our own aerospace education programs um, and community outreach. And lastly, and and you know, if you ask any Civil Air Patrol member, if you ask somebody who works with cadets, they'll tell you the cadet the cadet program is the most important. And I, very near and dear to my heart, twenty to twenty five thousand cadets uh, in the Civil Air Patrol. They are youth between the ages of twelve and twenty one. Um, a youth can decide to turn senior uh, when he or she turns eighteen. Um, 
It is a spectacular program. You get a free initial uniform. Uh, my son just went to his uh, initial basic encampment. He's now uh, airman first class. Uh, the, you go all the way up to the, the highest rank you can get is cadet colonel. Um, if you make at least the Billy Mitchell Award, which is cadet second lieutenant, um, if you are thinking about enlisting in the Air Force, which, by the way, is completely optional. There's no military service required. But if you hit cadet first lieutenant and you enlist in the air force um after basic you go in as an e3 by the way that's six thousand dollars a year more than your buddies who are coming in as an e1 and it's about thirty eight hundred dollars a year more than your your eagle scout buddies uh who only by dint of the eagle come in at um by uh as an e2 so that's kind of Civil Air Patrol in a nutshell. Uh, GoCivilAirPatrol.com has more information and also a unit finder if you're interested in showing up and uh, and seeing what that has to offer. Uh, there, there's lots more that can be said, and much of it could be said better, but that's my fanboy view of it. I'm um, coming up on 10-year member. I'm a lieutenant colonel. Absolutely love it. It's it's the best organization, volunteer organization I've ever served. Well, I, I, gosh, we appreciate what you do with the Civil Air Patrol. I think you, you're, you're truly changing people, and, and you're inspiring people, and I think that's awesome. Just just awesome, Steve. Thank um, you. And that was that was a great intro to, to and that again, that website is uh, GoCivilAirPatrol.com? Absolutely. All right, cool. I'll, and we'll put Absolutely. that in the show notes. That, and, and I can't say enough about the, you know, we use the Civil Air Patrol to me. Uh, I see them out there at the air shows all the time, and they are some of the best-behaved folks out there, and they are working hard, and they do all sorts of things, and you ask them to do something, and they're out there, hey, could you secure this aircraft? Could you help do cleanup control? Can you help uh, with some type of guidance, uh, help you know communications? They, they're like, yes, we can do it, uh, and I think that can-do attitude is, is something that's fostered through that organization. Um, you know, it, it, it amazes me that you're so involved in that, but you're also involved in, in producing so many different things. Gosh, you not only into flying, but you produce it. Well, one of them is about flying. I, I don't know if we can talk much about AcroCamp, but uh, you know, there's a website. I love the website, by the way, AcroCamp.com. If you get a chance, check it out. And uh, when I went to this website, I actually saw like three people that I knew in there, I guess now four with Steve Tupper, uh, that were working on this. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think I see Dave and Allen. Yep. is in one of the pictures there. Uh, another uh, lady that uh, I know and have spent much time talking to is Linda Meeks. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, she's with Girls with Wings. And I'm pretty sure I'm seeing in the pictures Will Locksmith-Hawkins. That is true. Oh, my gosh. He, as a matter of fact, the the uh, it, many people have – this has kind of become <laughs> what I've been known for is uh, my little Smurf-looking – uh, screen on my microphone when I'm in air shows was actually given to me by Will Locksmith Hawkins, <laughs> and he said, "Listen, Carl, you need to ha- you need this. This will get rid of all the air noise." And he was correct. Uh, tell us a little bit about AcroCamp for those of us who are just just fascinated about flying upside down and truly getting to know an airplane. You and the folks that you were working with there have been able to put together something that brings it to life for me, the average person. Oh, and that's that's been the whole uh, the whole thing. Acro Camp, and here's here's the the elevator pitch for it. Um, if I like, found myself in a in, in an elevator with uh, senior people from Discovery Channel. Um, <clears throat> four uh, four pilots, two men, two women. None of them has ever flown an aircraft upside down. 
two instructors, three aircraft, four days, it's time to fly aircraft upside down. Uh, we th- this whole thing started in the spring of 2010, um, as an and this was you know as as small cameras were just becoming available. Um, nobody had ever heard of a GoPro. Nobody had ever heard of an HD contour uh, camera. And I had been shooting some video of my own aerobatic training. I was just doing some initial aerobatic training um, with Barry Sutton and Don Weaver and stuff like that, and figured okay. What I want to do is shoot a movie, and that movie should be shot by the people from the social media community. Will Hawkins uh, of A Pilot Story, because he's shooting his own film, and he's the director of photography on on both iterations of Acrocamp. There have been two. Um, David Allen from Pilot's Flight Podlog and Dave Flies. the and 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 his efforts uh, was sort of best boy on the first one, and then we really pulled one over uh, the wool over his eyes on the second one, and made him a part of the cast when he didn't expect to be. Um, yes, uh, that's a spoiler for for the second film. But long story short, I managed to Tom Sawyer myself a movie. We flew forty one sorties. Uh, in a super decathlon, excuse me, a uh, Citabria, a super decathlon in a Pitts S2B. Um, the cast is Linda Meeks, um, Michelle Cole uh, from out in California, um, uh, Paul from Chicago area, and then Jim Rodriguez, um, who probably turned out to be our best aerobatic flyer. Also, the guy who ended up having uh, more botched maneuvers on camera. <laughs> I mean, just because he was out there hanging it on the edge and, and, and really working it. And, he, I mean, I, I got <laughs> I got Dale Snort Snodgrass to look into the camera and trash talk Jim about his hammer spin. So it's it's a – the idea is it's a feature film. It has taken a lot longer. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be able to show it. At, you know, we, we shot the thing in May of 2010. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to shoot – we're going to show this thing at Oshkosh. Well, it's sort of the joke has become which Oshkosh. Um, it's still in post. Uh, I am working on it. I just retooled my computer. As a matter of fact, I found out i got to go buy two new hard drives um, to serve as the scratch disk. But it's coming along. I really want to get it out this year um, for reasons that you don't want to hear about. I mean, I, I spent big chunks of the last two years actually seconded in-house with a couple of major clients doing stuff having to do with privacy and uh, legal compliance. Um, but now I'm sort of back out and, and can do that stuff. The other thing is I feel really horribly guilty. Uh, a lot of people put a lot of stuff into these films and they deserve to see them come out. I need to like call in sick for a couple of weeks and just get these things out. But the, they, they will come out. It's a crowdsourced Soundtrack um, contributed to by Brandon O'Meara, Scott Canazero, Don Weaver, myself, Barry. Um, it's it's going to be a cool film. It's just a matter of getting it edited and, and getting it out there. But acrocamp.com. And the thing is, yeah, we could – I could probably even finagle – like, you know, in with Bill Stein or Sean Tucker or Ben Freelove and go follow those guys around for a month and, you know, come up with a really high quality thing. But what I really wanted to capture is what would it be like if the Rick Felties, the Sean Moody's, Carl Valeri's or the or, or the Victorias of the world went and climbed into these things and flew aerobatics for the first time? What would their first reactions be? And it's really cool. That's awesome. 
I, I, you, I so want to see this. One thing I want to say about that, it's kind of like a flashback to my old life in Michigan because I, th- I think I met Steve shortly after he finished filming. A Barry Sutton actually did my check ride for my commercial and Don Weaver trained me for my commercial and also introduced me to aerobatics. I flew that pits and I flew that super D and I'm just like, I want to see it on screen. I wish that was me. This is so cool. And I swear my first, well, probably my second aerobatics lessons, my first one was in the super D and my second was in the pits. And I tell you, I don't think I've ever had as much fun in an airplane. Everyone has to try aerobatics, at least a spin. You have to just once you have to. So which one was your favorite? Um, of the two aircraft, mm-hmm. I, I'd have to say the pits. The pits, of course. Yeah, Don put me through his whole routine that he does like in competitions. And um, I got to say an airline pilot flew before me with him. And uh, he looked pretty pale and didn't last too long when he landed. And here I was, this girl in this little cute chick's fly shirt. And I borrowed some guy's platform shoes so I could reach the rudder pedals. And uh, <laughs> I, I was a big hit. <laughs> so and that's it. That's the cool thing. Um, my call sign is dog bag. Um, <laughs> I have thrown up in aircraft three different times. I have two of them on HD video. Um, I, I got a really, it's really nice. I hope that does not make it to Echo Camp. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's, it's it's, is be, that the Easter egg after the credits? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in the credits. Oh. Because the, the only person in all of aviation with a stomach weaker than mine is Will Hawkins. <laughs> and 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 we're actually going to um the the, the theme plays out and there there's the big the, the tagline for the film for for the movie is at some point you quit wondering climb over the fence and go find out each of the four people says one of those pieces of the tagline then it fades to black and boom you go to credits and the credits are, you know, the first, you know, the, the, you know, we made this movie for anybody who's ever flown upside down on an airplane or who might if given the chance. And then it, the, the music kicks in and then um, it, it switches to me on initial in a T6A Texan 2 at Randolph Air Force Base. Um, music goes for two bars and at the, at the end of the second bar, the bag comes up. The mask has just come down. The bag comes up and you see the gray matter hit the back of the bag. It freezes <laughs> and it says directed by Steve Tupper. Nice. <laughs> nice. That classic. goes for two bars. Next two bars is Will Hawkins in the back of a P-51 Mustang doing the Horn of Gabriel one-handed technique with his white six-sack. And the the moment the foreign matter hits the back of that bag, freezes. Director of photography, Bill, um, uh, Will Hawkins. <laughs> so you were we're big into vomit. We're, oh, we're that's having great. A, oh, vomit vomit is where it's at. I've I've had someone vomit on final before. Luckily, they had a bag because I didn't think to be prepared that way. But I can't say I have. <laughs> knock on wood. I got to find some wood around here. But um, <laughs> I, I have not vomited in an airplane yet. <laughs> It's really a big reason why people vomit is they're all bunched up about what will happen if they vomit. Mm-hmm. I think there's an extent to which, you know, go ahead and vomit once. It's really not that bad. So just the, give the, it a try, huh? Just let go. Just, just let go. Just the, Frankly, if you relax about it, you'll be a lot less likely to vomit in the first place. Oh, boy. Steve, that's a quote. Just let go and let vomit. I really... Yeah. <laughs> well, I, keep I, calm I and vomit on. I've, I've yeah, heard exactly. that you, like, if, you, if you keep 
a six sack nearby. I read this somewhere that you're you're and Steve, you may just reference this. You're a lot less likely to need it if it's there. Yeah, don't have it in the damn little blue envelope. No, don't put leave it in the little <laughs> blue end. Take it out. Leave the twist tie, which is horrible fod, by the way. It's conductive. Um, it, it sticks in places. Take out. Take that twist tie out. Um, but but keep it around where you can get to it. Stuff it in your shirt collar. Or stuff it in the the straps of your harness or something like that. And just knowing that it's there and that you've got instant sub second access to to your your doggy bag there will actually relax you enough to where that might make the difference where you don't hurl. If you, my, my second hurl was, um, with Barry getting the cam, the cameras ready for acro camp. So that one's on camera as well. <laughs> the third one is not on camera. I flew, I went up and flew along with Don for the, that year's, I think it was the 20, no, it was the 2010 intermediate known. And matter of fact, you might've flown that same one. Did you push to straighten the level from a hammer? Uh, do you remember? Do, do you remember doing three G's up out of your seat? Oh, we did a lot of G's. Probably yeah, yeah. there. There was some crazy stuff that I couldn't even keep track of. It was there, amazing. There, <laughs> it's one thing to be pointed straight to the ground and then pull mm. until you are level. It is quite another thing to be going straight down at the ground and then pushing until you are level inverted. Because you're experiencing like three Gs trying to throw you out of the aircraft. My third hurl was in the front seat of the pits, open cockpit. <laughs> oh, no. And Don Weaver, nicest pilot ever. He would never, ever, ever do anything to hurt anybody's feelings. I just hear over the intercom, like when I'm like halfway through going, ooh, I can smell that back here. That sounds like something he'd say. <laughs> it is. <laughs> was he in the line of fire then? Or no, no, no. And I'm okay. I'm very pleased to say, even open cockpit <laughs> in a pits. I mean, you you know, the other thing is with the bag, get it out of the envelope and practice. You're gonna you're gonna want to know where the seal is. Do you want to go pinky up, pinky down? <laughs> um, I think it's important to get your chin into the bag. If you if you just trying to you know put the chin, put the the lower part of the bag just under your lower lip, I don't think you're committing, and and you're going to have an error. There's going to be a malfunction, and the problem is you're going to get it not necessarily on your clothes. You're going to get it on the harness, and I'm going to be the next guy to fly that aircraft. So mm -hmm. so, ladies and gentlemen, if you're if you're within the sound of my voice, if you need the bag. Bury your chin in the bag first thing, and everything else will follow. It'll be great. Let it go. Let it flow. Let it go. Let it flow. Thanks. <laughs> the hurl never bothered me anyway. Now I've frozen, stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so does that? It's cure never going to be the same for the rest of the for the rest of the flight. Say what? Does, does that cure it for the rest of the flight? I mean, do you do you are you kind of over it at that point? The yeah, kinda. Um, you feel a hell of a lot better. The the moment you're able to just kind of you know it's done. You tie a knot in it, um, and you you know again it's why I'm partial to flight suits. They've got leg pockets that you can stuff them in there. Um, you, you feel like a new person. Um, you're probably kind of done having the whatever is necessary to continue to fly acro. Um, you'd probably ride along for the rest of the time, and you know you're probably if you're going to heave, you're only going to dry heave. It's probably going to be fine. And at the end of the day, believe me, all the stuff is worth it. We're sitting here talking acro and vomit. Vomit's funny. 
I love vomit because vomit and fart jokes, you know, we, we loved him as kids. They're always going to be funny. In the meantime, though, it's kind of just the path that gets you to the ability to fly acro, be a better and more confident pilot. I like to laugh about it because to name the beast is to own the beast. And yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. And when the time comes to go fly, you know, it takes some conditioning flying each spring before I'm good to good to go actually go fly upside down like in an aerobatic competition. Um, but the, you know, going up and doing those flights, you fly to the edge of hurl and come back and land. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have to hurl while landing, the most hop-heavy um, high center of gravity wants to ground loop aircraft ever. Um, Victoria, did you did you have a chance to land the pits ever, or did Don just do the landing? Don did it. I mean, that thing, you had to slip it all the way in. I couldn't even see the runway. Mm-hmm. Now do that. In 2,500 feet of paved runway at Ray, yeah. deer running back and forth. <laughs> and by the way, you've got you've to learn how to do that from the front seat where your visibility is utter poop. And that's the second hardest thing in all of general aviation to do is to land a pits from the front seat. The reason they have you do that before you move to the back seat is the first hardest thing in all of general aviation is saving some idiot in the back seat's butt from the front seat. And that's where your instructor is going to go and is into the front seat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. You know, one of the things I've always wanted to do is get in the pits. And, and I'm, I'm now listening to this saying, eh, that's, a, that's a challenge. I want, I want to jump into one of those. Uh, you know, you mentioned Will Hawkins. He, uh, he actually got up during this whole acro camp? Or he, was he just uh, a ride that you were talking about prior to acro camp? No, Will is – I've been with Will on two occasions when he got to fly. He got to fly um, the RV-8 – uh, and I'm probably going to butcher his buddy's name. Uh, I believe it's Saeed. Uh, I think I got that right. He's got an RV8. Um, I got to get around the pattern. They they wanted to record my talking head thing for the a pilot story film because um, I'm I, I getting a writing credit. I think I got part of the soundtrack for that film as well. They we went over to Watsonville. They shot my headshot, and then I went up with Saeed, who's also in the film, and shot some aerial. Stuff I sat in the back and got to fly the thing. Then Will, that was the first acro Will had ever done. Saeed got him up over the uh, um, uh, up over the water and just did a big old barrel roll, and it was cool. Will's got a very very weak stomach. He did go up in acro camp. He went up in the Northwestern Michigan College Super Decathlon. Um, no acro, just kind of went up for a sightseeing flight and just had a ball. I mean, yeah. Will is Will has the soul of an aviator, and as you may or may not know, his um, his grandfather is uh, Willis Hawkins, and I hope I get the Willis part right, um, who is the primary designer of the C-130. Yeah. Yeah, we actually uh, interviewed him uh, about that for Sun and Fun Radio and uh, have that in the archives in Chats from the Deck. So if you want, go check that out, Chats from the Deck from Sun and Fun Radio. He is a, a fascinating individual, and, and he really gives a lot of credit to his life, to, to, the, to his past and, and to his family. But Will, Will is pretty extraordinary himself. I mean, he's... I, I don't know about you, but I think he's one of the more talented folks out there when it comes to photography. And a pilot story, and, and maybe you can update us because I'm not sure where where a pilot story is right now. But the I got to see you know one of the previews of a pilot story. Absolutely amazing and breathtaking video. So where where are we with a pilot story? Yeah, Will's um, Will and I have a bet going. Um, 
the whoever gets you know me with Acrocam, him with a pilot story, um, first guy to get his film out gets a shot of Jeremiah Weed. <laughs> you the still sec- owe me one of those. The second guy to get his film out gets two shots of Jeremiah Weed. And if you know anything about Jeremiah Weed, that'll, that'll be self-evident. Um, a Pilot's Story, go to apilotsstory.com, uh, is a documentary film that actually will start before I even came up with the idea for Acrocam. Um, it is... It kind of picks up where One Six Right left off. One Six Right is the Terwilliger film that tells the story of general aviation um, using the uh, Van Nuys Airport out in California as the the touchstone for the way it developed. Um, Will talks to pilots to talk about more the why we fly and why you know general aviation has been in decline. Why we need to. Um, uh, you know, why a person who doesn't fly should, why a person who already flies might want to try new and different stuff. Um, Michael Gooley and Sean Tucker, Patty Wagstaff, um, 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 oh, help me, Red Bull helicopter guy, Chuck Aaron. Um, it would, it would take more, it would take less time for me to tell you who's not in the film. Um, Will and Rico just crisscrossed the United States getting, uh, interviews, for the film, um, Zach, uh, what's his name from Stripes or uh, Stripes uh, from uh, Scrubs? Uh, oh, Zach Breath. Yeah, yeah, he's, he, he's in it. Of course, filmmaker himself, and and you know, independent filmmaker. Um, 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 late Late Show just retired. Craig Ferguson. Craig Craigie Ferguson is is in the thing, and it's so that's Will's project, and in. You know, I, I contributed some of the music. I'm, you know, helped to write some of the ideas. I, it's a documentary. I, I, I get the willies anytime somebody talks about there being a writing credit for a documentary because aren't you just documenting what's to write? <laughs> but Will's, Will's been extraordinarily cool about that. I've been a lawyer on the project um, for some of the, the funding. I think it's okay for me to say that. And I think I, I've seen two different rough cuts and gotten Will some of my notes. I think they may be very close to lock and I think they are, I think they're really close. I mean, I think if, if Will had like 30 days just to do nothing but the film, I think it would be done. Um, Will is famous for saying, and I think you ripped it off from somebody else, but I'm going to rip it off from Will. Um, the free, you know, a 90% done, just trying to find the time to get the other 90% done. <laughs> But it's going to come out. It's a thing. It really is all there. I've seen full-up rough cuts. He's actually a lot further along than I am, although my, I think mine, once I really get a couple of weeks just to sit down with it, is going to go really quickly because it's all, the, all the, the, the logging of each sortie and trying to make sure that everything comes together the right way. And We did a, a rotten job of logging the footage. You know, Sean or Rick, you'll sympathize perhaps more so with that. You know, I'm having to guess what by what people are wearing or what the angle uh, of the sun is. Right. But but or, I you know, you totally know why that happens. I mean, it's it's frustrating later, but if you're moving fast, it's the fir- it's the first thing that goes. Oh know, yeah. Like it, we we, we, get, we kept Yeah. We didn't miss anything. We captured everything. The problem right. is that the risk now is that it's going to not make it to the surface because it it gets lost in its context. It floats free of its context right. and you know, as independent filmmaker, dude, you're the Tom Sawyer. You're the continuity manager as well as the editor and the director and the best boy and the Foley artist. And Right. And some of the stuff you can find in the back of your mind when it's fresh, even if it isn't logged well, 
will happen. But if, if it takes a while to pull it all, you know, the details together, there might be something missing. So it takes even longer kind of to pull to make sure you've logged it and organized it well. But that organizational time is so worth it, as you know. I love seeing all of the hard drives you've got going for all these projects <laughs> over, over the years because they've all got yeah. names. They're stacking up. There's a huge couple, you know, shelves, and it's fascinating. Are you uh, – I know you – well, we don't we, – we'll talk about technology some other time. Uh, I was going <laughs> to – I was going to go down a huge rat hole asking you about connectivity with hard drives and, and, and your Mac, but I'm going to leave that alone. Yeah, no, but I do want to talk to you after. And, and sure. you and Roger Bishop and uh, and Will and I did an episode of Airspeed about oh, yeah. shooting that stuff. I've not forgotten, and I remain grateful that you came on the show like that. Oh, it's my pleasure. It was it was a blast. And that was right, like you said, the time when, when cameras were just beginning to get small and you could start putting them all over the place and and it was it was and it's only gotten more so you know uh we, I mean, we we only had three total gopros for acro camp one wow and, and i was running around in in mortal fear that we weren't gonna be able to charge the camera in time to be right. able to send it back out on the next aircraft we were we were, we had a gopro on the handhold of the pits and we had a contour out on the uh, um, the sight gauge of the pitch, you know that eye poker yeah. outer thing off there, to, off to there to the left. And we we lived in con- now for the second acro camp. Yeah, what's 20- the difference? I was going to ask you, what did you change the second time around? Oh yeah, twenty one GoPros. There you go. There you go. Twenty one GoPros. There's nothing that twenty one GoPros can't do. No, no, that and duct tape, which I think you used as well. Well, uh, the genuine three M gaffer tape. Oh, there you go. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's. Well, no, no, yeah, no, I'm, and it's a fair. I, I, I don't. I, I didn't no, mean, I, you're right. You're right. Duct tape is the sloppy name for it. Well, I, I, did, I didn't want to seem like I would come. Was no, you know, no. You're right. Held up the throat there. <laughs> the, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, I think we were. I mean, you can't, you can't swing a dead cat on YouTube anymore without seeing, you know, GoPros mounted on the outside of aircraft. Uh, I think we were the first people out there. Yeah. Having a, a an external camera in a two hundred knot airflow, um, and and we did it safely. Right. Um, we never had a camera depart. We never even so much as had a camera wiggle. Right. Really proud of that safety. That's right. Great. God, I remember those discussions about do you, do you do you harness it or not, and if you harness it, then you got a camera banging against your uh, yeah. ailerons. Yeah, so and I I mean for NASCAR, yeah, put a safety strap on it. Yeah, but for otherwise you got to let that thing go yeah. free. Yeah. It's a little like no. it's a little like hurling. We've yeah. got a circle. Let it go. Exactly. Let, <laughs> Let it go. go. Let it go. Wow, so, it all comes back to barf. Barfing. <laughs> I love barf. Poop <laughs> and barf. That's two great things. But you know, the, 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 the funniest thing about Randolph, I mean, Will and I became persons of interest at the at the Sacramento air, airport um, because. We we had the video of my hurl. I, I flew a Panasonic camera with a really nice um, uh, wide-angle lens on the canopy piercer of the front seat pointing back at me in the back seat. It was really good footage. Um, but we did, not until we get to the airport do we have a chance to actually pull the audio um, from from that. And the audio, Will and I are convulsed. On the floor of the Starbucks because it's you know you everything's quite kind of quiet and then you hear the mask come off and more of the engine noise and everything and then the, the the sound of the of the wind over the the, the canopy and then it's the it's just <laughs> hilarious. 
Wow. He does it so well. Could you do that again? <laughs> that is my new ringtone. <laughs> Carl, I have an idea for the show opener, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> if you can spell it, it's an episode title. Hey. <laughs> no, it's it's it, so. I mean, we take safety very seriously. We take our technique very seriously. But if we're not laughing at ourselves uh, as a part of this, we're doing it wrong. And you guys already get that. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting uh, putting something like this together. For those of us who are amateurs, uh, Rick and and Steve and and Sean, you know, what what does it take to put something like this together? Can't you can't you do it like I did the, a couple of days ago with a YouTube video, fifteen minutes to have it out there? Uh, I know that there's much more involved, but uh, why? What's what? What is this process like? I mean, what, why does it take so long? Well, I mean, I'll just say my little part, which is what we were talking about a minute ago, is is you want to. You want to organize the the heck out of all that stuff. You want to log it, it your own way, whatever your system is, so you can put your hands on, um, you know, whatever you need to. I early in my career, I was doing some sports cutting, some uh, long form tape, like two to three minute tapes about you know professional teams, like one of various towns I lived in, and 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 it was the first nonlinear systems I'd ever worked on, which is what we we all know to be the only way to edit now. And the trick was really organizing, you know, so if, like I was doing basketball and I grouped everything any way I thought I might need to recall it. So I could say, I need a jump shot here, call up all the jump shots, that kind of thing. And if you do all that groundwork, groundwork, um, you, you're what you're faster later. You're, you, you use the best stuff in the best places, all that stuff. So for me, that's a big part of it. Anyway, I don't let these guys talk. No, it's a, it's a huge part of it. The, over the course of the four days, and I'm just talking about the, the first acro camp, the one we shot at Pontiac. We shot another one at, at Ray um, like 15 months later. That I mean, I was giving Will a ride back to the airport after the first one. Um, <laughs> after, oh, dude, I really wish I had a rolled film. More Than Words, you know, the, the extreme song. Uh, the, 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 the heavy metal band that had two acoustic hits. Uh, more than words came on, and Will and I actually sang a perfect version of it on the way to the airport. But Will said, "Now I know how we want to shoot it. Let's sh- let's begin shooting the movie now." After everybody had left, um, we shot about two million frames of film at the rate of about thirty frames per second over the course of four days. Um, this is just like the Michelangelo Angelo and a horse. You chip away the part of the marble block that's not the horse. I need to, out of that, you know, mil- excuse me, millions of frames, I only need the 162,000 that are going to make up the 90 minutes of the movie. Um, it's got to tell a story. It would be, I would be done now if all I had to do was tell the story to the aviation faithful, to you guys. You guys would totally get it and you'd think it was cool and you'd, you'd like the way the movie was put together and so on. But the real thing is I got to have this be very, very tight where there's not a, not a wasted second, not a wasted minute. Um, so that if I do that right, the people who have never flown upside down or never flown at all, will be brought in by this because at the end of the day this is this is just a love story uh to this thing we call aviation that we all you know love so very much outstanding uh, you know i can wrap my head around that uh, the millions to the one hundred thousands and and understand the the effort that's put into there into putting a, a film together 
Well, Steve, you know, we're, we're coming up towards the end of our, our time here, but but I don't want to go without without wondering, you know, here, Steve Tupper, you know, he's the ambassador for aviation, truly a passionate aviator. You know, what's what's next? What do you, what do you, what's, what's in the future for Steve? Anything that, any secrets, anything you want to give us an insight into right now? Yeah. And I, I'll, and I, I almost feel bad. I've like talked the, in, the entire allotted time when I've, I listened to you guys and that's, this is not, you know, usually there's much more you guys in this. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I get, I got a couple of things, um, a couple of airspeed episodes coming out. Um, as you might or might not know, I recently not, well, it's kind of recently picked up my formation card. I'm a formation card holding a fast card holding pilot. Now, uh, one of only five guys in the world ever to do it in the glider category. Um, so I've got an airspeed episode that I'm putting together about getting the, the fast card. I've got another one I'm putting together about being an air boss. Um, you guys uh, might or might not be aware. Uh, River Days is a celebration we have along the Detroit River every June. Last year, I managed to get an FAA waiver to allow low flight, um, low and fast over the Detroit River during River Days, and walked out there and did my first turn as Air Boss. Um, actually, the guy with the radio handling. You know, calling in uh, the, the the acts and so on. We had one formation act. We had uh, an L thirty nine going up and down the river and so on. So episode about that. The other thing is that uh, ICAS is putting together an Airboss certification. Um, the it requires you go to Air Shows one hundred and one. I did that three years ago. Um, you've got to go through the Airboss two hundred and one school, and I did that this December. And I'd love to get certified as an Airboss, not because. I think I can be better than Wayne Boggs or some of these guys, but to really understand what's going on and and bring that to the airspeed listening audience. So I want to do those two things. I want to get my CFI and then add all this in. And then I'm going to New Mexico. I urge you to Google the bonus jet. It is a two-place glider with a jet engine that pops up out of the back behind your head. Um, it's the two-place version of what Bob Carlton flies in air shows, the jet-powered glider. Yes, it's jet-powered. Yes, you have to have a type rating. I'm going down, and I'm going to get type rated in a jet glider. So that's, <laughs> that's that sweet. is, it's wow. all about the adventure, the fun, wow. and learning to fly different stuff, really pushing your personal envelope. Gosh, you got you got a lot on your plate, uh, and 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 I tell you, I've been following your story. the The jet, though, I really want to see that. I, I hope you capture that on camera. Oh, you know, I will. It, it's. I don't even know where I'm going to mount the camera. No, I hope you throw up. up. I hope I, I yeah I laughed I cried I hurled <laughs> I hurled. <laughs> so you know, you said you were an air boss. You, you got air boss two hundred one. Is that does Wayne actually teach that Wayne Boggs? Yeah, um, he was. It was uh, Tooch. Um, 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 uh, Boggs was there. Um, why am I blanking on the names? It was really a who's who. Uh, the only guy that was not in there for most of it was um, I don't think Ralph Royce had much of a. Um, Danny Clisham uh, was one of the guys. So, I mean, these are guys who have been like, you know, longstanding air traffic controllers. Um, they bought some of the biggest shows around, but, um, 
<laughs> in the words of some of the younger guys who really kind of want to do this, is like they can't live forever. They got to die sometime. <laughs> and, and, and they say that with ultimate respect. It's just like anybody at the Yankee Air Museum who wants to fly the B-17 right. um, or for that matter, the C-47. Good luck. Get in line. Right. And, and, you know, because you're way back on the seniority. Um, eventually, and man, I've flown, I've been bossed by Ralph Royce. I've flown in air shows. Um, having Ralph yelling at people, in, in, in the nicest possible way, by the way, but having Ralph yelling at people and, and minding the airspace and, and all you want to do, the only thing you want to do is not screw the pooch. All, all that stuff in the right stuff, it's absolutely true. I don't care if I die. I just don't want to screw the pooch. I just want to make this a safe show and not hurt anybody else or not be where I'm not supposed to be. So, I mean, Air Boss, to be able to do stuff like um, uh, like Ralph Royce does. Ralph is my Air Boss hero. Um, I don't know if there will ever be another Air Boss that will measure up to Ralph Royce. Don't ever tell Ralph I said that, though. <laughs> you know, it, what's it, now? You went to training with Wayne, and what's Ralph going to think about this? But the uh, Wayne actually trained a friend of mine, Devin Norris. Is she still looking at doing the the air bossing? I don't know if you trained with her, or if these classes are even that big. No, it, this was the first time. It was like. Um it was at ICAST. There were, I counted like 40-odd people in the room, um, some of whom had bossed shows before. I mean, I bossed a very limited box. My box was a 91-119, which is minimum altitude, so we could have the aircraft fly low over the Detroit River, even though there's skyscrapers right next to it. Um, and there was a 91-118. I think somebody's, Kent Shook is, 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 uh, is is rolling over right now because I'm gonna get the thing wrong. <laughs> it's the it's the minute it's the limitation of 200 knots um, below the Class Bravo shelf. Um, I got the waiver that allowed us to add the extra 50 knots and be able to let the L39 fly 250 and stuff like that. Other guys have you know like full up aerobatic boxes. I just got a call about a more local show that's looking to finally actually get an aerobatic box, close their airport, and 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 do something like that. So it, it was me and forty eight or so other guys and gals um, with those guys at the front of the room, just kind of telling us like it was. They gave us a thumb drive that's chock full of information. It's it's a huge responsibility, and there's maybe maybe. A hundred people in the United States capable of doing it, you know, w with some reasonable aplomb, and there are probably two dozen people in the country who are capable of doing it well. And that's it's hard. It's really hard. But the people that do it well make it look effortless. And they do. It fascinates me. Absolutely, they fascinates do. Me. They, they are just like Sean Tucker makes flying look easy. Don Weaver makes flying look easy. Um, you look at Ralph just standing up there next to the announcer. It's, it's nuts. I've been standing up there next to the announcer uh, announcing an, an act and watching uh, Wayne Boggs work. And it's utterly effortless. The, he never yells at anybody. It's just good job this, good job that. Or, you know, he'll make a tender suggestion. If he takes people aside and kicks them, I, I, I just didn't see it. Right. I, I, I honestly think he, he leads by that kind of example. He's a soft-spoken guy that, that really knows what he's doing. 
He sure is, yeah. And Wayne, Wayne and I go way back, and he's just a just a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, and he, he loves flying. He loves aviation and restoring old aircraft. Uh, can't say enough about Wayne or any, any of the air bosses. The air bosses just, just absolutely fascinate me, what they can do. Um, but, you know, one of these days we're going to see you out there, Steve, and, uh, and we're going to see you working as an air boss and, and directing us. Who knows? Maybe I'll be in the pattern flying, flying some aircraft and, and out there doing something. Hopefully I won't screw up. Um, and I, I really look forward to that. That's for sure. You know, I, I have heard him as an announcer at an air show, and I think he did pretty darn good. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm just working on making it so that I don't run out of voice before they <laughs> run out of air show. There you go. There you go. Actually, I didn't even know you were there. And I, I just happened to be um, at in Pontiac when they were having their airport day or whatever. Yeah. And we were waiting to um, leave, actually, and didn't know this was going on. So we're walking around <laughs> and enjoying it. And I'm like, that's Steve Tupper over the you know radio here. That's that's Steve. <laughs> hey, I got I got to announce Vlado Lenick this past year. I don't know if you guys know who Vlado is. Mm-hmm. He is the ace of aces. He flew a T six routine. And guys like Vlado, like John Moore, like Greg Coons, like Kent Peach, they cast pearls before swine. I mean, it's a relatively underpowered, not as maneuverable aircraft that they're actually able to go out there and just do the most graceful and beautiful things. And the average air show attendee has no idea what they're seeing. And, and so you get there on the microphone and you try to explain to a whole bunch of people who don't know what they're seeing, why it is that a guy flying this very, not very maneuverable 6,300 pound behemoth of a T6 and just making it look easy. You got to explain to them why it's hard and why therefore it is beautiful what they're looking at. Oh my God. Well, Steve, that <laughs> you truly brought the air show environment back while I was just listening to you. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate your coming to the show today and, and, and sharing your passion. You know, you truly are a passionate aviator and, and we, we really appreciate your being here. But, you know, we, we really look forward to seeing what you're going to do in the future and, and, uh, and watching the ride. You know, as, as somebody commented on, on one of your pages, you know, I want your life. You know, and, and I'm sure a lot of folks will live vicariously through you, and and I think that's that's wonderful. You know, this alter ego that you have is is truly fascinating, but but it is you, and and that's what I like, and and I love I love hearing hearing you come out of your voice and you come out of everything that you do. Uh, there's truly a, a part of you and everything that's that's been done in aviation. Uh, I can't say enough of, of what you've done for, for so many people that you've never seen, uh, never heard from, uh, but you've been truly uh, somebody who's been an ambassador for aviation. And we thank you for that. And thank you for being here. You're very welcome. The pleasure truly, truly is mine. Well, put folks. Us, and Steve, put us down on the... Uh press junket for when the for when the movie comes out oh you know it you know it. well i'll be bugging every last one of you (laughs) yeah we'll be all over that it'll it'll be hey guys i got where's to hawk the movie's out it's great please 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 talk about it yeah no problem the after landing checklist well guys you know this wraps it up we we loved it we could go on for another five hours and, and talk to steve tupper uh, and, and I know you listening right now have enjoyed this, and we just encourage you to to get out there and fly and do something. One of these extraordinary things that Steve's done, I know you can do one of them, that's for sure. Well, folks, this wraps it up. And from myself, Carl Valeri, and uh, from Sean Moody, Rick Felty, Victoria Newell, 
Steve Tupper, and also from Eric Crump, who couldn't make it with us tonight. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. And remember, this is one of your favorite shows that talks about hurling. Talk to you next episode. And flying. Can we cut that out? (laughs) 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 Gotta keep the hurling. Yeah. Hurl! I meant to say flying, too, (laughs) amazingly enough. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Abcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.